0: Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder, Shri Swami Satchidananda. Sanyarjee <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to just leave everything and run away into a cave. All we ask you is to just renounce the selfishness, that's all. You can just be wherever you are. Be a businessman, be a husband, be a wife, be a son, be a father, be a poet, be a politician, be a doctor, be an engineer. It doesn't matter. Whatever you are, you are there. We need everybody. You don't need to even shift Your position, but all we say is just renounce your selfishness. If that's not there, then you are eternally peaceful and certainly useful too. But if you lose your peace, you become useless, and not only useless, you become a menace to the world. So that is what—that's the aim of yoga. Just. Keep yourself in peace, always. The reason for losing the peace is your own selfishness. Ego, I, me, I, me, I must do this. It's all mine. That kind of grabbing everything, kind of individual ego, communal ego, social ego, religious ego, national ego, it's all this ego, ego, ego business. I don't know when you are going to say ego.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just the ego. It takes in different shapes. Unfortunately, even gets into that religion also. If I start a yoga center, you say, I am the only one to teach the real yoga to you. And that's a yogic ego then. Right? The purpose of religion and purpose of yoga is to get rid of the ego and become more humble, selfless, and peaceful. But even in that yoga, competition gets in. This ego is a very sneaky thing. One should be very, very careful about it. That's why whoever is free from that egoism, free from that selfishness, can qualify to be a great sannyajin. And he is the only real bold fellow. All of these would have their own weakness and fear. A selfless man never knows what fear is. He doesn't need to be afraid of anything. Because there's no competition. There's nothing to lose. Nothing to gain. He's just there always. That kind of peace. That's what we all all want. We seem to be always wanting peace Come from, from somewhere, but it should happen within us. But the individual should get that peace. Then the world will automatically get it, the world is made of individuals. That's the aim of yoga, aim of all the religions, so let's be that real dedicated people real sannyasis Don't think that sanyasi means you have to shave your head and wear something special. That's only an external sign that you have renounced, you don't, you don't have anything to say you waste, no selfishness, and you are ready to serve everybody. But you can be a sannyasi even while you are in the house. Do your duty well, you don't need to renounce your wife and child and go away somewhere. Fulfill your duties as a husband, as a wife, as a child, as a father, as a mother. Duty, but not expect anything in return. That is uh, the teachings of all the religions. Perform your duties well, but don't expect any kind of return. If you expect even a little thank you in return, it's not a selfless act. You are expecting something in return. Your aim is to get thanks from others. If you don't get it, you are upset. If you even doubt that you may get it or not, you are anxious about it. You ruin your mind then. So just do it and leave it there. You perform your actions for the joy of doing it. And wait not for the fruit. It is that is what is meant by that forbidden fruit in the Holy Bible. Perform your duties. Don't try to eat the fruit of it. It's not uh, that God talked about a poor little apple. Hmm? But fortunately the, the apple tree seems to know the lesson. Hmm? Not the man who got the lesson. He lost it. He ate the fruit. But the apple tree didn't eat its fruit, still now. Have you ever seen an apple tree eating its own fruit? No. You simply ask the tree, Why can't you eat your own fruit? Oh, the god said I should not eat the fruit. That's the fruit of my life. That is what you call selfless action. The very same thing almost in very same words. You see in Bhagavad Gita, Hindu Bible, karmanye vadikaraste ma palesu That means you are entitled to perform your duties, but not for its fruit. Some of you might ask, why? If I do something, why can't I expect the result? Why should I leave that? Why should I lose it? The reason is for your own benefit. If you expect the fruit, you may get it or you may not. But by the mere expectation, you are already losing your peace. Which is more important? The fruit that could come from outside or your own peace? Don't forsake the peace, even for the sake of the whole world. Peace is very important. Losing your peace, even if you are going to get the whole world for you, You are not going to enjoy with that. It's something like a man wanting to buy a painting and as a price he paid his his own eyes. He paid his eyes as price and he bought the painting. How is he going to appreciate it? Likewise, you pay your peas as a price and you get the whole world. What are you going to do with that? That's why. Don't pawn your peace for anything. Keep it up, then everything will come to you. If you are contented, if you are peaceful, everybody, everything will recognize that peace in you. And they would love to be with you. They will just come to you. Name, fame, success, friends, everything will come to you. So that is what is the God in us. The peace in us is the God in us. Seek ye that kingdom first, and everything else will be added into. It's exactly the same saying that you see in Bible, is more or less given in a proverbial form, contentment is golden. Just be contented. Don't run after things. Everything will be gold, whatever you touch. Instead of you rushing to the gold, the gold will rush to you.
1: Hmm?
0: Like all the rivers rushing to the sea, because the sea is contented. Well I think I'm not here to hmm? just give a big (coughs) talk or lecture. I'm here to probably answer some of your questions, I think. I, I, wanted, the, I wanted
1: to say that for people who are tuning in late and everything that, that, we, that we're that listening to Swami Satchitananda and uh, one one thing that I'm curious about is if you tell us really what is Satchitananda so what is Satchitananda <laughs> that's a real good question <laughs> <laughs> yes because many people think that uh, eh,
0: there is a person by name eh, hmm? who's about five feet 11 tall and a long beard and this and that no that's just a uh, uh, composition of the elements eh? what you see but you don't see the Satchitananda but you can experience it it's a combination of three words Sat, Chid, Ananda Sat is the existence of the truth the one that is always Chid is the expression of it and ananda is the bliss that you get out of it. So existence, knowledge and bliss is what you mean by sat, chit, ananda. It could be compared with the Holy Trinity. The father exists always. He is always. And he expresses himself as the son. So through the son you know the father. If he doesn't express himself, you can know the father. So Sat should express itself as Chit, Chaitanya. And then when you know that, you get the joy, you get the bliss of it. You are in the Holy Spirit. So Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, Sat, Chit, Ananda, the Holy Trinity. And that is everywhere in everything, even in Adam. So that is your name as well. That is the name for everything. That is the common name for all that you can name it. Every stuff has this Ananda. Over and above you have two more things. See, we are all common in Satchitananda. I am not talking about the, only the human beings. Everything, even a dust, is Ananda. There it is. It expresses as dust, and it brings some kind of joy by putting itself together into a form. So everything is Sachidananda. That is a spiritual you. you see, if you see everything as Sachidananda, you have a divine vision, the vision of God, the vision of Spirit. But over and above, you have two more things. And those are the name and form. In the worldly level, we have the name and form, the nama, rupa, prabhañjama we So we have all these five things in the worldly level. In the divine level, we have only three. In the worldly level, we have two more added. And that's why, if somebody asks you, who are you, you just don't say, I am Ananda. Inside He said, oh, I am Jacob, I am a boy, Hmm? see? So you have a name and a form, masculine form and a name, Jacob. But unfortunately the masculine form and the name came in between and it might go away again. But Satchitananda will remain even when you get into powder form. (laughs) So the name form changes constantly. Hmm? When you are a little young, your name is, was a baby, then you grow into a young boy, then teenager, then a student, then probably later on you become a boyfriend, and then after some time you become a hubby. You get all the different names, and after that hubby you become a father, then a grandpa, and then a great grandpa, and an old, old man. And then ultimately you become a dead body. Hmm? Huh? So these are all the changes in the body, and it gets different names as well. So you see, the name and form constantly changes. A piece of wood, then it changes into pulp. Hmm? You call it pulp. Then it when, when it is made into a piece of paper, the same thing. You call it paper. Then it you cut into. Pieces and stitched together, it becomes a notebook. If you print something on it, it becomes a book. And when it gets torn, it becomes rag. Waste <laughs> paper. Eh? When you burn it, it, becomes ash. So what is it that is last here? You keep on changing the name and form, but you never change the ananda in it. So the common element is ananda. When it expresses itself in the worldly level with different names and forms, you have the other two. So that is what you see. So if you have the proper eye, you will more or less, you use the name and form for your convenience, but you will just go deep into the Satchitananda and
1: see the oneness in everybody. Why does the the Satchitananda express itself in name and form? Why? Why? It takes the name and form? Why does it? Yeah.
0: Well, if everything is going to be just Satchitananda without a name and form, don't you think the whole world will be a boring? We <laughs> <laughs> are all the same. It's something like you just take a piece of wood, eh? a big piece of wood. Maybe you even chip it into small pieces. But there's no fun, there's no game. Only when you carve it into a king, a queen, a pawn, eh? a,
1: a castle and a bishop. Eh? Then you have a nice game of chess. But, but uh, it seems that why would Satsarananda want to play, play games? I can, I can feel why I would like to play games. Well, probably
0: Satsarananda must have been just simple Satsarananda for a long time and got bored and he just wanted to play a game. <laughs> so he multiplied himself. That's why even the Bible says, in the beginning there was only God, nothing but God. Probably God must have got bored by sitting as a God always. So he said, come on, let me multiply myself. Let me separate myself into different names and forms
1: and let's say I just have fun. So it's just large play, it's a fun. Do you think you'll ever get sick of this? Uh, well, probably,
0: sometimes we get tired of it. If we don't play the game well, taking it as a game, if you make a serious thing out of it, then we get tired of it. Otherwise, we always enjoy the game. See, we do. People go into a Open ground and they play different games. There's no winner or loser. Hmm? At the end of the game, they shake hands with each other and they go to have coffee together. Hmm? But in the lively game, the worldly game, we don't play it that well. We take it seriously and we fight. Hmm? An enemy is, remains as an enemy, an opponent remains as an opponent. But in the game, it's not so. So if we see the whole life, as a drama, as a game, we play different parts, just for fun, just for enjoyment. If you play it well, you enjoy. If you forget the rules of the game, and if you forget that you are just playing a game, and if you make it a serious thing, you don't enjoy anymore, you get caught in it. Only time will be when you get tired of it, when you really feel caught in it. hmm? Then you sit back and think, why do I in this situation? Why did I get caught? Then it's ah, I forget. it's all just for our enjoyment. And ultimately we are all one. We just took different names and forms to play the game. I forgot that. I forgot the common spirit behind. I applied the importance to the differences, which is the name and form. So now I am now I'm in a terrible state. So let me go down to the deep root of it. And that is where you become a religious person. Because what is religion? You are trying to bind yourself back to the original. Religio eh? means to go back or to bind back. You started with Sachidananda, and just for the sake of fun you had some names and forms. But you forgot the Sachidananda because it's not always there, visible. So you just catch the superficial thing and fight. Then when you are tired of it, then when you try to go back, you are called a religious person. You are going back. That is what you call, you are trying to get communion with the original stuff.
1: Is, you mentioned that, that Satchidananda is sort of like the uh, Christian Trinity, but, yes. but uh, Christians regard regard their Trinity as a kind of personal being uh, apart apart from the world. Uh, is, is there anything personal? No, the God is not something
0: personal. God is unlimited. We say is infinite. Anything that is infinite cannot be a person. Then you limit it. You just name it. You give a form to that. Then you miss the spirit of it. Spirit has no name or form, in fact God has no name and form. In Hindu religion it is clearly said, he is nameless and formless. But because we are limited, our thinking is finite, we cannot understand something infinite. So for our convenience sake we bring that infinite one to the finite state. Just for our convenience, and through that we go further on and on to see that it's again infinite. It's something like, you go to the sea, you want to bring a little sea to your house, how will you bring it? Sea is infinite. If you want to bring it to your home, you will have to just bring it in a bucket. So the bucket limits the sea, and you say, hey, I have a bucket full of sea. See, your sea becomes a bucket full of sea. Hmm? It's a bucket sea. It's no more the real sea. You limited it because that is what you can do. So due to our own limitation, we limit the unlimited one. And again, the limitations in us differ. My mind can perceive in some way, your mind in a different way. Each mind has its own capacity, limitation. And according to each mind, you perceive God in your own way. So as there are so many minds, you see so many perceptions of God. So what I see, what I can see in my own mind is different from what you see. So you see God in your own light, I see God in my own light, I try to explain this is the way I see God you try to say something different and certainly there is contradiction. But when we forget that originally God is nameless and formless and because of our limitations we limit it, when we forget the truth, then we fight. You say, oh, my God is the real God. He is the demi-God. Then you will say the same thing to me. And for God's sake,
1: <laughs> we
0: end into a quarrel. That is why, even in the name of God, we
1: see so many fights because we lost the original truth behind. Talking about about going to the sea with buckets, is is there any way to uh, to bring the sea back to your house without without using a bucket? The only way is to
0: not to bring it into the house because you cannot bring the sea into the house. You can get into the sea and become the sea. Then. You are in the sea, but not as a separate you, but you are as the sea. That is where even the great Lord, hmm, Prophet, hmm, Jesus Christ said, and ultimately I realize that I and my father hmm, are one and the same. I get lost in it. I am no more separate. It's something like a drop wanting to know the depth of the sea. As long as it's outside the sea as a drop, it can never fathom the sea. And if it jumps into the sea to see the depth, it loses itself as a drop. It's no more a drop. But it has understood the depth of the sea. By How? By becoming the sea. You cannot understand something by staying outside as a different entity. The real way to know something is to become that. That's why there is a very simple proverb in India, a Tamil proverb called Kal Pambarim. The meaning of it is, a, a snake will know the snake's leg. That means only a snake will know how the other snake crawls. We cannot, we can theorize it. But if you want to really know how a snake could crawl, you have to become a snake. That's why God knows God. A guru knows a guru. A thief knows a thief. It takes a thief to catch a thief, you see. The same way it takes a God to catch a God. If you are something different, there's no real communication possible. You can get an idea. And that's the reason Bible says, Who can see God? Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Because God is pure. Only when you become that pure, you know God. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral
1: Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.